All right. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jeff Tuckett. We're rocking with you on a Sunday afternoon. And this is my host, uh, Tyler Fessler. Hey, what's going on, man? So uh, we've done uh, 1A through 3A, and I think it's been a lot of fun. Um, There's a quote by Chris Pratt on Parks and Recreation where he says, I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm doing it really, really well. And I feel like that might be our our mantra for this podcast. We don't really know what we're doing. (laughs) But (laughs) it's a good time, so that's all that matters. Just a couple friends shooting the breeze, talking some football. So, um, but yeah, we've done one A, two A, three A, and I think that we've met our our match here with four A. Uh, just looking over, doing our research, we've just, at least me, I've come to the conclusion that this is pretty much impossible with four A this year. What are your thoughts overall? Yeah, when I was going through it. You know, looking at the, 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 the seniors that left and then looking at, you know, juniors that played, uh, being down here. I mean, uh, you live down here in St. George with me. And so uh, I have a couple friends over at Pineview, have a couple friends that are in the Dixie program, have a couple friends at, at Snow Canyon. And everyone's telling me the same thing. Like, we're going to do it this year. We're going to do it this yep. year. Like, this is our right. year. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, okay, yeah, everyone it can't be everyone's year this year. Like, someone's going to be worse than the other. Um, but like the the distance between, I, I think this is the most condensed um, or parity driven classification that we have. I mean, the distance between you know uh, uh, like a, a, a ridge line and a Bear River, I don't think is as big as the distance between you know like a like a South Summit and American Leadership Academy. You know, like, where we're yeah. kind of talking about the A's. Very, very close. Um, I think this is going to be by far the, my fun, the funnest um, classification this year. Obviously, being down here in St. George, we can go to the games and we're in it and we're around it a little bit more than, than some of the other classifications. But I am stoked uh, to watch how this kind of uh, unravels this year. Yeah, I mean, last year, obviously, Ridgeline, I mean, I, I called it from the very beginning, right? Before preseason, I'm like, oh, Ridgeline's going to win the championship. There's nobody going to be really close, and that's exactly what happened. This year, I mean, I, <laughs> it's pretty much impossible to predict, and you said pretty, the key word that I was thinking the whole time while I was uh, look, thinking about this podcast episode, which was parody. Um, like we, we do our top tens in this episode, and a lot of the ones on the, the bottom part, the latter part of the top ten, I'm like, well, these are all high quality teams that have a culture of success. And I mean, a lot of times we, during these episodes, we talk about tiers. You know, you have the top tier of, of contenders. You kind of have the second tier of the outside looking in that are on that that uh, the borderline, and then you have everybody else. And there isn't really tiers in this in the 4A this next year. I mean, I think it's anybody can win it. I obviously have a couple that I think have a higher chance than others. But I wouldn't be surprised if one through eight, you know, one through eight could win this state championship. And that's, I can't say that for any other classification. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, and uh, you know, you look at, the coaches, I mean, everyone pretty much stayed, stayed pat. Um, I, I really do like, I have a couple ones, like you said, a couple favorites that I'm like, okay, maybe that they have, you know, the, the inside track, but I hate to bring it up. And I know we're kind of jumping classifications, but I thought that about Wasatch last year. And uh, poor, you know, Adarius Edwards goes down, tears his ACL. 
bam, out for the season. Wasatch goes from being in the top tier in 5A down to the lower tier. And so this is, this is I mean, we're talking about minute things, you know. If a guard goes down, um, somebody's ineligible to play because of grades or is sick or, or whatever. I mean, that could be the difference between being the number one seed and like you said being like the number nine seed uh in the mm-hmm. state in the state championship this year so um however i think that 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 uh, home field advantage will be a big uh a big how it plays out all of the the schedule and stuff like that uh and then when you get certain people uh, the pine view i think at the beginning of the year is dangerous they're high flying they work all summer offense is is coming out of gate swinging and it seems as, as the you know the year rolls along that some of the you know the games get a little bit tighter and stuff like that so you know if you're pine view you're hoping you get a desert hills at the beginning of the year um so they don't have as much film on your boys and stuff like that but those little you know the little game within the game i think is going to be very very key in in pouring this year yeah, and you talk, you mentioned injuries, and this was a classification that was just derailed by injuries, especially the St. George schools. I mean, in key positions like quarterback, we had, you know, Dixie went down, Crimson Cliffs went down, just all over the place, just key injuries. And do you think that perhaps this could be the year that the St. George schools finally get to represent as a state championship, or do you think it continues to be the, the dynastic um cash valley teams that continue to to take home the hardware you know i think um i i have in just just a little brief preview to our top 10 i do have a st george school winning it so yes i think that they can um but i wouldn't put uh you know uh, a green canyon uh or a sky view or or anything like that i wouldn't count them out the big thing here and and i know um it's 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 not talked about as much as what it should be but in this, in this, we are on opposite ends of the state. We've got the furthest north and the furthest south in the state. And, I, you know, because I'm a St. George Homer, I'm going to say this. The finals being at the University of Utah, I, I do not like it. I think it should be played at Snow or at Cedar or, or, or a venue in between. Um, and I think that's why we see this dynastic, you know, overarching uh uh, you know, Cash Valley. Now, you can say two years ago it was played at Dixie State. Uh, well, Utah Tech, formerly known as Dixie State, right? Um, and and Skyview did come down and win, which was phenomenal, good for them. Um, but I, I think that the St. George schools, uh, when they go up in November to northern Utah, I think the weather has more of an effect. I mean, down here in November, you're sitting about, you know, 65, 70 degrees in the daytime. Up there in northern Utah, it's 30 degrees. There's snow. And I think that does play a, 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 a factor in it. You know, balls are harder. Um, you yeah. know, joints hurt a little bit more. Those, those, like you said, those injuries kind of tend to pile up towards the end of the season. You know, uh, you're not recovering as fast. Uh, I think that ha- that does play a big factor. But, hey, I want to be uh, putting on my St. George goggles. And I'm, I'm taking the St. George school to win it this year. So uh, excited to, to watch for though. Awesome. I mean, yeah, just, just going into that, you kind of mentioned it a little bit briefly. You gave it a little tease to your top 10. So we can just jump into that now if you want. You can just go over your, your top 10. All right, here we go. Now, uh, I'll kind of go through five like I did uh, through uh, on the other classifications. Uh, six through 10, kind of rattle it quickly. Uh, one through five, I think, is pretty stout. So coming in at number 10, I have Hurricane. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, towards the bottom of 
of the you know the St. George, the Southern region. But I think that they they improve a little bit. Uh, just looking at some of their games, I think they can do it. So I'll have Hurricane number nine, a fall from grace. I want to have Ridgeline. Um, I know this might Ooh. be a little controversial, but they had they were so senior laden last year, and they just dominated so much last year. I think that these other schools are going to. Uh, I feel like these other schools are going to be a little bit better, and I have them coming in at number nine. Number eight, one of my favorites from last year was the Logan Grizzlies. I have them sitting at a at the cute number eight. I think that they're good. I think that they'll upset one of the the bigger schools. Uh, you know. Uh, as we get a little bit higher, but I don't think that they have the team to go to, to take it the entire way this year. Coming in at seven, I do have Crimson Cliffs. Uh, I nice. do like their team. They've been they've been slowly getting better every single year, being a brand new school. They're in their third year. And I think this is a year that, that we kind of see that jump. Uh, that's where all the growth is in Washington County, is out in the Washington Fields area. And uh, you can really tell that they've taken a big chunk of, of that Desert Hills kids because those kids were um, really good. They're kind of taking a, a little bit of talent there, uh, building up out in Washington Fields. I have them coming in at number seven. And then number six, I have the Pine Butte Panthers. I think they're good. Uh, they're always good. But uh, I just I, I don't think that this is their year. I think I have a you know, I have a couple of the other St. George schools ahead of them. Coming in at five, or well, they were my pick last year to win it, was the Skyview Bobcats, based solely on they've been dominant for so long. However, um, I think that the Ridge Line and the Green Canyon kind of breaking up, uh, you know, into the new growth in Cache County, that uh, it's kind of pulling away some of the kids from Skyview, from Smithfield. Green Canyon taking a little bit, Ridgeline taking a little bit. So I'm going, I really think, uh, you know, it's, it's spread the talent out a little bit more. Uh, but I think their culture keeps them right at number five. They could go up higher. Uh, I'd like to see them play a first couple games and then uh, you know, move them up and down accordingly. Uh, coming in at number four, I have the Dixie Flyers. Again, like Skyview, they're always there, always, you know, deep, always ready to play. I mean, last year uh, in, the, in the state uh, playoffs, Dixie Skyview 36 to 35 not much separation between the two and I think that's going to be this next year coming in at three and this is a big one is Snow Canyon why I say that is I really like their offensive and defensive line this year uh the games are won in the trenches and I think that Snow Canyon arguably has one of the best um offensive lines in uh southern Utah that's why I'm putting them there they've got a couple good skill receivers you know you know, a good quarterback. So I think that uh, last year they were young. This year they make the jump. Uh, juniors are now seniors. Coming in at two, I have Green Canyon. Like Ridgeline of last year, I think that Green Canyon can make this jump. I think they'll be playing in the state championship, but they will fall to the Desert Hills Thunder. Coming in at number one, uh, I do like Desert Hills. They're my favorite uh, team down here in St. George. Uh, I don't say that with a lot of, uh, you know, ferocity or, or bass in my voice, but I'm taking Desert Hills. I like them. I think this is the year they punch through. Awesome. Yeah. I, I like a lot of that. I think that we see eye to eye in most of these things. I think the biggest separation of teams that we have on here is going to be that Ridgeline pick, which you did say was the most controversial but overall, I think that's that's pretty fair. Um, <clears throat> you know, I have a couple that move a little bit differently than yours, but for the most part, the the tiers are about the same. But you have Desert Hills winning it all, and I don't hate that at all. I mean, they've got a lot of uh, good players that are coming back in key positions now that they have a, a, a head coach that's been there and that's played out a season, a fairly successful season. I think that that's a that's a fair pick to win it all. Um, 
going off mine, I, I, I will say I have a Cash Valley team at number one. I, I, I don't, if I was to save right now, who was going to win the, be in the championship, it's just, I don't know, it's just too, too soon to tell. Um, I'll think about it through the remainder of this podcast, and maybe at the end I'll, I'll come up with something. But I'll start my top ten right here. Number ten, uh, the Logan Grizzlies. Uh, Logan has lost a lot of key players. They lost their quarterback in Cody Kirk. Uh, Matt Mason's going to be gone. They just lost a lot of key players. Um, so I think that Logan is going to make a pretty tremendous drop. Unfortunately, last year they suffered a lot of injuries. And so I, they really uh, you know, dipped at the wrong time last year. And unfortunately, I think that momentum's going to carry over. So... Um, at number nine, I have the, the Hurricane Tigers. Um, I think Hurricane's going to take a, a big step up this year. Uh, I mean, number nine, I mean, for, for what they've been the last couple of years, they have a lot of returning players for Hurricane this next year. Their quarterback's coming back. RJ Wright's coming back. Um, like I said, Carter Ashby's coming back. They do have a little bit of youth on the defensive side of the ball, but in those offensive key positions, I think they're going to win four to five games this year, which is more than they've won in a while. So I like Hurkin this year. Um, I do think they're on the OLI, you know, outside looking game when it comes to contenders. Right. But this is going to be one of the better Hurrican teams that we've seen in a while. So in number eight, I've got the Pineview Panthers. Pretty low. But this is where I, the contenders start. <laughs> One through eight, I think I wouldn't be surprised if any of these teams were represented in the state championship, including Pineview. Unfortunately, they lost a lot of good players, three players to BYU um, in the McKenzie Twins and um, their, their center over there um, as well. So they, they lost a lot of key players. They do have a pretty set culture. They're always in the mix. They've got a great coaching staff. Uh, Sawyer Woods is coming back as well, I believe. So they do have a lot of players coming back and a strong culture. So I wouldn't completely count them out. Number seven. Crimson Cliffs, and I believe you had them at yeah. seven as well. Once again, just like most of these schools, they had a lot of turnover. Um, they're going to have pretty; they lost pretty much everybody over there, but they do have a lot of momentum coming in. They're a team that has progressively gotten better and better since the the start of their their you know the school started. So, but I feel like they will take a step back and rebuild this year just because they, they don't have a lot going on. They also have a new head coach that came in as well. So, number six, Skyview. I believe you had them just one above, which at five. But Skyview, kind of like Pineview, they're really close. Uh, they're the Pineview of the North. They just are always good. Obviously, they have more rings to show for it, but they're, they're always good. Uh, once again, they do have a lot of players that are graduating. Their quarterback, um, Zollinger. Uh, Watterson, uh, Davis Hall, all of them are uh, graduating. So they're going to have to um, learn and learn quick over there. So I have Skyview at six. Number five, I got the Dixie Flyers. Uh, Dixie uh, lost their quarterback, Ronson Barber, and he's going to Utah Tech now. Um, but they do have – now we're starting to get into some of the schools that do have a lot of returning players that are coming back. Dixie does have – Seth DeCal that's coming back, um, and Trevin Aldridge on the linebacker position, who's really good. So Dixie, I think, is going to be in the mix. Number four, 
I have your champions at the Desert Hills Thunder at number four. Um, Desert Hills, I think, might have the MVP in Noah Fui. Um, he's a, he's going to be a th- three-year starter, and he that boy can sling it. He just throws frozen ropes all over the field. Uh, that offense is high-powered. I got to see in person last year, and I don't think it's going to skip a beat. They got Tyden Morris in that backfield and Lincoln Holmes catching passes. So I like your pick at Desert Hills, and it wouldn't surprise me if they made some noise. They did lose a lot of big names on their defensive side of the ball, like Austin Turnbow and uh, Kai Nunley as well. So we'll see if they can replace those. If they can, they're going to be sitting pretty. Number three, Ridgeline. Now, a couple weeks ago, <coughs> when I was making this list, I had Ridgeline more in the 6-7 spot. But I was, as I was kind of doing more research, I was doing um, the lists of position players. They really have more people coming back than I originally thought. They've got a good ca- uh, coaching staff. Um, their star receiver in Jackson Olson is actually moving to the quarterback position. And he's an athlete, obviously, with how what he did in the res- uh, receiver position. I think that he's going to offer a lot of versatility to that offense. And then Tanner Paskett on defensive line. Um, they just is they have more than I thought they would. And so I have Ridgeline at three. Number two, Snow Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, I got Snow Canyon. Snow Canyon, um, they have a lot of players coming back. They re- they had some surprises last year, and I think they were actually better than they should have been last year. And it's just going to sh- goes to show how well that they can be, what their ceiling can be. And I have, I mean, Hunter Johnson at quarterback, he's a stud. Uh, Brooks Esplin on both sides of the ball, probably the best defensive back in 4A. Uh, they got Jake Hill. They just have so many different players that can be a potential threat. So I have Snow Canyon. Oh, one other thing is they do have uh, All-State, or at least he should have been All-State, uh, safety coming from Fremont. That transfer to Snow Canyon, Darius Romander. So I think that that's kind of a hidden gem that um, will make a difference there. And number one, I have Green Canyon. Green Canyon, it was had a stout defense. Um, and I think offensively, they're just going to get better. Uh, they they have their quarterback coming back. Um, Jack's coming back at that quarterback position. They have Gavin Christensen in their backfield. They have Caden Stewart on lining up in the wide receiver position. And they have defensive linemen like Will Wheatley that just crush. So I think that they, the closest team to be the Ridgeline of last year would be probably Green Canyon followed by Snow Canyon. But like I said, 4A, anything could happen. I have no idea. This is the hardest one to do. So what are your thoughts on the top 10? Yeah, no, I like it. Like like you said, I think you and I, uh, I mean, I guess to, to pull back the curtain a little bit, Jeff and I, when we create our top tens, we, we don't talk. We might say like, oh, we like Noah Fui. Oh, did you see, you know, safety from, from, from Fremont transferring? But we create these lists pretty, I mean, completely independent of each other, right? And so it's really interesting that we, we see, like you said, we see eye to eye a lot. I did feel like Green Canyon, um, I feel like Green Canyon definitely can make that jump. Uh, Snow Canyon, the only thing that, that worries me is just kind of the little brother syndrome. Um, I feel like they, they're they're always they're always there, but they never have have made that that jump. And I hope that the coaching staff um, 
can can get them there. Uh, I live out in Ivan's, uh, you know, around Snow Canyon. We have people uh, in the community that I know that play for them. I want them to, and I'll be cheering for them. I even worked there for uh, the three months uh, a couple years ago at the school, so I know it, and so I do. I want them to get there. Um, but that little, the little brother syndrome, where it's like they're almost always there. It, that's what scares me, and that's why I went with Desert Hills. But uh, yeah, for the most part, we see eye to eye. I love it. Uh, solid top ten out of out of both of us. No one, neither one of us took uh, Bear River or or Cedar. So uh, sorry to if if you're tuning yeah. in for for that kind or of mountain, mountain crest. crest. For that kind of stuff, I'm sorry, um, but I, I think those three, uh, I think we see eye to eye on those three uh, teams as well. Yeah, for the most part. So what we've been doing too after our top 10 is we've been kind of looking over some way too early uh, offensive player of the years for 4A and defensive players of the year for 4A as well. Um, I'll kind of jump into mine real quick. I think just right off the top, I think my number one pick would probably be the quarterback out of Desert Hills and Noah Fooley. I know his last name isn't Fooley, but it's really hard to pronounce. I don't want to slaughter it. But, um, yeah, I'd probably say he's probably number one. Probably uh, Jack Stevens out of Green Canyon quarterback-wise. Hunter Johnson out of Snow Canyon. Um, Running back is probably number one. I'd say it was Tyden Morris out of – Desert Hills, maybe Seth the Cow out of Dixie, um, Gavin Christensen out of Green Canyon. Wide receiver wise, probably number one would be Hurricanes R.J. Wright as a front runner, at least in the wide receiver position. Um, Lincoln Holmes, Caden Stewart out of Green Canyon, but like I said, probably one, two, and three would be uh, Noah Fui. Jack Stevens and Hunter Johnson. Um, defensive wise, defensively, I'd say Will Wheatley out of Green Canyon is definitely going to be in the mix. Uh, Brooks Espin on the defensive back position out of Snow Canyon to be in there. Uh, Tanner Paskett, defensive line out of Ridge Line, and yeah, maybe some of those linebackers too out of Hurricane. So, what, what do you what do you got? Yeah, so um, as stated kind of when I was going through my top 10, I really think um, the MVP, because you have Snow Canyon high, I have them high. In order to get there, it starts on the offensive line. I think that if they make the deep run, that I think they, they do. I mean, I have them at three. You have them in the state championship, or at least, you know, number two right now. If they are, it starts on the offensive line. And I really think uh, we don't give the hog mollies a lot of a lot of credit. Um, it's hard to talk. A lot of their uh, a lot of their work goes unnoticed, you know, holding back the defensive line and stuff like that. But uh, if Snow Canyon is to be successful and to beat a solid Dixie team, to beat a really good Desert Hills team and a very very good Crimson Cliffs team, um, I think it's got to be the offensive line uh, to give their wide receivers, their quarterbacks, that extra you know second uh, is a big difference and. In, in, Game of inches, game of seconds. Um, I want to say the Snow Canyon offensive line. If they make it there, I mean, at the end of the season, if they're hoisting the the state championship, uh, I will I will say, yeah, you know, skill players did what they were supposed to do. But I said at the beginning of the year, offensive line. So I'm gonna be sticking with them. Um, I did write down. I can't remember. Uh, I did write down the one linebacker, and I just blanked on his name from Hurricane uh, on the defense. I think he's gonna be good. Uh, the transfer uh, kid. From Fremont, I had written down as well because I saw um, on Instagram or whatever. Uh, I think he can be a big factor as well for So Canyon. But that's kind of my my thoughts on the on the way too early MVPs. Yeah, 
Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so that's all we have for 4A. We might come, you know, we might do another one before the season starts, kind of go into a greater breakdown of schedules and, and stuff like that. But that's all we have for 4A. Um, listen to our podcast, rate, review, tell your friends, subscribe, all of that jazz. Uh, like I said, we're, we're just doing this for fun. Just kind of a couple friends just, uh, just doing this for a little side hustle, doing it as a hobby. So, um, yeah, have a good day, and we can't wait for the season to come. All right, welcome to the mailbag portion here at the end of the podcast. Me and Tyler just got done breaking down 4A, and uh, we've had some questions in our mailbag. I'm probably not going to get to answer all of them, so I'll just do some of them. Um, And this is on Instagram. So I ask, you know, what kind of questions you may have concerning a certain classification. And this is obviously for 4A. But the first question here is, Hurricane linebackers, how do they look this next year? Um, this is something that we kind of went over a little bit, and um, I think Hurricane as a whole, this is going to be the best Hurricane team um, that we've seen in a little while. I think they're going to be um, a lot better than some people expect, you know, rack up four to five wins, and some of that reason is because of some of those defensive players like the linebackers, so I think they're going to look good. Um, they have a lot more returning players than some of the perennial teams that are always good in the South. The next question is, who do you think is going to win the 4A state championship? Um, it is tough. We just we recorded 4, 5, 4A, 5A, 6A um, all at the same time. And out of all of them, I think that this is the toughest one. If I, you know, gunned to my head, had to pick right now, I would probably have to go with Green Canyon, um, just a hair over Snow Canyon. I think that they have um, the most returning players. Uh, and a good foundation, and they, they made it pretty far last year, um, probably farther than, than I thought at the beginning of last year, and they have a lot of those players returning. So, you know, gun to my head right now, I'd probably have to say Green Canyon, but it is close. Next question, who's the 4A favorite to win it all? Once again, same thing, probably Green Canyon. Who will stand in Ridgeline's way? Um, like I said, I, you know, I, I had Ridgeline at number three. I have uh, uh, Snow Canyon and Green Canyon, the canyons ahead of them in the the rankings, but it's it's tough to say. I mean, Ridgeline, they lose, they lost a lot of players. They lost the overall what we had at Slinging the Pill. They're the MVP of the entire state of Utah, and Caden Cox are obviously losing him. Uh, one of the best statistical running backs in Noah White, they're, they're going to be losing him as well. Um Strat Simmons are going to be losing him. So they're losing a lot of players. So I do think it will be very difficult, not impossible, but difficult for Ridgeline to repeat as the state champs. Next question. Is Crimson a favorite for the ship this year? Um, <clears throat> I would say, once again, we talked about the, the top eight teams kind of being in the contender category. While they are, at, I think, the seventh spot, they are in that group. But I think that it is far less likely for a Crimson to win, um, though they are, as a culture and as a program, going in the right direction. Um, they did beat – I mean, they went to, the obviously, the semis last year and gave uh, Ridgeline a run for their money, really the only team in the state that gave Ridgeline a run for their money. So, obviously going the right direction, but I think they're going to have to kind of rebuild it this year. I wouldn't say that they're the, the favorite of the favorites going into the – the next season. 
Um, Gavin Christiansen. So I've been saying Christiansen this whole podcast. Gavin Christiansen. Um, running running back out of Green Canyon. What is Green Canyon's record prediction? Um, I believe with our projections, I had him winning seven to eight games. Um, obviously, I have them being the best team in 4A, the best team in the Cash Valley. But, I mean, obviously, we can see him dropping. Everybody, you know, everybody's got bad days. Everybody uh, is capable of dropping games that they should have won. So, you know, maybe a game against like a Ridgeline or a Skyview, they could they could drop one. Um, so, probably seven to eight wins. So, eight and two, seven to, seven to three, something like that. I can see Green Canyon winning. Uh, last question I'll, I'll do just for this mailbag is who was the best corner in the 2021 season? Um, best corner, I would probably have to say, was, I mean, Brooks Esplin. This is my, my first thought. Um, the corner out of Dixie was a stud, too. Uh, there's a DB Ridgeline that was really good as well. But I would probably have to say Brooks Esplin uh, by a hair. Um, but it is it is close. So that's probably what I would have to say. And probably will be again this next year. So yeah, that's that's all the questions I'll take for four A. Um, we'll probably do another four A podcast before the uh, before the season starts. So, but yeah, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks.